United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Andrew Cheatham is senior expert at the United States Institute of Peace, here to discuss the 77th session of the UN General Assembly. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Julie. Pleasure to be here. Great to have you. So what are you looking for in this new session? Well, I think, first of all, I I think having worked in the UN for over a decade, I never heard the term UNGA uh, (laughs) until I moved to Washington. So I just want to take a moment to... What do they uh, what do they call it in New York? The United Nations General Assembly. It's a mouthful. The the GA. Yeah, well, that's well, that's a good transition into what what I expect, because it's a mouthful. You know, it's called (laughs) a watershed moment. Transformative solutions to interlocking challenges is this official (sighs) title of the GA. It's horrible. It's a horrible title. It, it's like it's like word salad gobbledygook. Nobody knows what that. It, it means it's meaningless. It's it's meaningless. But if you break it down, maybe. I mean, look, it comes at a time when the tone and tenor of a lot of people around the United Nations um, is is something of of these interlocking challenges and um, you know scary scary statistics. We have the Human Development Report from the United Nations Development Program, which brought uh, bad news of two years in a row of negative uh, development by their by their definition, which is in the areas of health, education, and employment. So that that was just out uh, a few weeks ago, and the Sustainable Development Goals of the UN uh, are also down. So the Secretary General is going to be focusing a lot on these development issues and trying to see, you know, what kind of, well, last year he called it a wake-up call. So I don't know what he's going to say this year. Um, And so there's other things, climate, COVID, war in the Sahel, and issues around nuclear abolition and minority rights. These are some of the big uh, side events that will take place. Well, I mean, you just, you glance at the landscape as, as the General Assembly gathers, and we've got what, devastating floods in Pakistan. We have like famine and war, uh, uh, the, the backslide of democracy in Europe and elsewhere. I'm thinking of Hungary, for example. Um, t- a terrible situation with the Taliban in Afghanistan. The ter- People are starving there. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a, it, even though it seems quieter without the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, it, it's, it, it's tumultuous in ways that yes. the UN addre- it, like, addresses itself to. Yeah, I mean, I think really we see a world in disarray, as you say, and um, I I don't know what's going to happen with regard to this opening session for another year of the General Assembly, which has been at the forefront since the Ukraine, the invasion by the Russians in Ukraine um, and and the problems within the Security Council, because obviously Russia as a permanent member has not endorsed any action uh, on Ukraine. So the General Assembly has taken up the reins to try to do what it can um, in that crisis and many, many others. Um, So we find a dysfunctioning Security Council and uh, states looking for other ways in which they can intervene in some of these crises, as as you've noted, humanitarian interventions, um, lots of money in Afghanistan, big problems in Yemen and Syria still, and problems uh, in Ethiopia where we see many, many issues, Somalia on the verge of another famine and big crises. 
I think the first, first and foremost, they will be calling for humanitarian aid in many of these places. They have humanitarian appeals to call for, you know, food and 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 healthcare and vaccines and and the basics of of humanitarian support. And that's that sort of calls that can get around some of the politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but but more and more peacekeeping and peace peace enforcement and peace actions are 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 a challenge. Um, you also pay careful attention to youth engagement at the UN. Um, I guess BTS isn't showing up this year, so <laughs> so the kids won't be either. It's how I feel. Well, there's a special there's a special summit on education this year, and the Secretary General has put a lot of focus on youth. He's appointed a new youth envoy, but I think it will be really interesting beyond youth engagement and and education. What can we do to have the new generation of leaders be empowered? How can they? How is the UN as a as an organization? I, I don't know about the the heads of state and heads of government and how they speak, but the UN is an organization there to promote leadership within international institutions, but also foreign governments, governments all over the world and in the private sector, civil society. I, I don't know how that, that what the proposals are these days. Some, some have said that they want to have a special uh, committee for political engagement for youth to help ensure youth are politically involved, not only their voices heard, but but involved in politics. This is going to be a challenge, I think, as we see all over the world, democratic backsliding, as you said, it will be really hard to have inclusion of many different groups, including youth. Yeah, I don't, I mean, there's something, something like about the UN in the lead up and immediate days of the war in Ukraine, they just seemed so sidelined by all that. I mean, particularly when you consider like the level of engagement when the U.S. was pushing for war in Iraq, you know, and and they just seemed to be much more engaged on that issue in Ukraine. You know, it just, I don't know, they sort of took themselves out of the game. It's difficult. It's difficult without U.S. leadership, um, honestly, at the forefront. I mean, although you at the U.S. is a strong voice within the United Nations, I do think that um, there's been a, a bit of of a, a pull pull back from the United Nations. Although Joe Biden says he's back at the table, uh, I think that's very much true in internet in the international relations. But within the United Nations itself, we've ceded a lot of territory within the bureaucracy to China, which is a big a big issue. And a lot of the countries around the world, including our our adversaries and some of our competitors, uh, work the UN system to their advantage. I mean, we've seen how China is trying to uh, pull strings within the Human Rights Council just over the weekend in this latest report on Xinjiang and the Uyghurs. So I think beyond the politics and the, 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 the speeches at the General Assembly, the work at the Security Council, it's within the bureaucracy of the United Nations that, that a lot of countries can show uh, leadership and, and ways to use the organization to their, to their interest and ultimately, I hope, to the interest of the entire world. But I, I hear what you're saying. I think the the again on the humanitarian front, there's been some positive action in Ukraine. We saw the Secretary General is very much involved in the negotiations for the uh, the food uh, ship shipments to start flowing again, and that has been a big relief, especially for countries in Africa and the Middle East. But there mm. still is a food crisis. Um, so it, 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 I think it's, if, if we didn't have the UN, I think we'd have to build it. So it needs to be improved. It needs to be updated. 
but we need to have some sort of form of cooperation for these big global challenges. And I think that's what at this opening of the 77th year of the General Assembly, they want to really showcase. Andrew Cheatham, Senior Expert at the United States Institute of Peace. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank Take you Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.